worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put the rest of your peers There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd It's Monday, you know what that means, it's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the show where we chat about anything and everything, we're your hosts, I'm Boris, and this week I am joined by Phil. Hello everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back indeed, and it, it feels like we never left. <laughs> I know, right? It feels like I've been sitting here for the past 50,000 hours, and the returning Tyler. I got so sick, and then I got better. It's what happened. Story of your life. Boris has given birth to that chair. (laughs) Dude, I'm so tired today. I I was fine in the afternoon, feeling great, but then it hit me again. Uh, But that's what happens when, you know, last night uh, we went from, what, 5 to 8, just about, and then, you know, 11 till... Five in the morning, I was sitting on the chair again, uh, but uh, that's that. So we thank you, everyone, for listening, watching, wherever you are. Uh, I think we lost Tyler for a little bit, but He'll that's all right. Back. He's got the, the beauty of, of live shows, right? The beauty of live yeah, we shows. Found out yesterday when everything crapped out for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. I actually I actually saw the. Uh, the playback and, and noticed uh, what the hell happened there. So there you go. Hey Tyler, welcome back. He's back. I don't mind. It's, it's he's playing pokeroo. <laughs> yeah, he is. That's all right. Bill, how is it going? It's going pretty well. Um, lots of Lego leaks today and over the weekend that threw the whole community into the eternal question of. What is an April Fool's joke and what is not? Ah, uh, yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it it there was some dodgy stuff that got leaked out there for the Lego World, and we finally got a handle on it because uh, Reddit provided us with a a, uh, a disgruntled laid off employee that decided to let the cat out of the bag today. <laughs> First, wow. So wow. It's a good one, man. I am shocked with what sets they're bringing out this year. I don't oh, know so if what it's they got? them. Well, I don't know if it's them listening to the fan base or them just going, we've been underperforming for a while and we're just going to make money with these choices. But they've got a Republic gunship coming out that's minifigure scale uh, with Captain Fox and shock troopers in it, which or Coruscant Guard. And it's going to be a Coruscant Guard gunship with Padme and Palpatine minifigs as well. They're bringing out a $200 Canadian version of the Ghost. 
So this is from the Ahsoka show. They are bringing out Ahsoka's shuttle. They are bringing out a UCS $650 American, might be $750, um, UCS scale Venator. That's insane. That's going to be on par with the Star Destroyer that just got retired. That was about four feet long. And the May 4th promo is leaked out, and it's going to be a miniature buildable Death Star from Return of the Wow. Gym. Yep. That is really cool. That is really cool. That is really freaking cool. Uh, how how much how, how many pieces do you think that one's going to be? Uh, that one's actually just going to be small. I believe it's two hundred and eighty pieces. It's just a micro scale Death Star. So it's your gift with purchase. Now they will be yep. bringing out a UCS version of Luke Skywalker uh, of Luke Skywalker's X Wing uh, for May fourth as well. That is yet to be confirmed, but. All signs point to yes. So the the bad news is is that they nailed out some of the dioramas in Jabba's place uh, in Jabba's uh, palace, things like that. But oh, Tyler is really having an issue here. He's really yeah, really is. This is the first time I've ever seen this. This works flawless for live streams. I've had hundreds of people on. Uh, there you go. Of course, right? Oh, his internet is ISP. Yeah. Could be, yeah, who knows? But this, but the platform that we use, uh, it's very good at minimizing internet usage for that very reason, right? Yeah, well, it has to be, right? It's it's offloading it somewhere, so maybe he's yeah. got PC instability. I don't know because he has been ill, and I don't know how much actual gaming he's doing or anything else. And I I really don't know his setup, like if he writes and produces on a different machine than that machine, that type of thing. So we'll have to do a dry run later on and try to figure that out if he can't rejoin. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, being a great week, uh, Ted Lasso um, was on, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm missing shrinking. Um, and yeah, Mandalorian, which I know we'll talk about overall impressions just off the top of my head. Very positive episode for me. Uh, it's It's hitting into... I can always nitpick, but it's hitting into a, a good pace for me now. It seems to be returning to its it's kind of what I'm used to with the Mandalorian. Yeah. So I'm I'm very happy about that. And yeah, it's uh overall. Um, you know, oh, and I read Dead Romans, issue number one by Mr. Fred Kennedy, aka Fearless Fred. Yeah, how was that? I meant to talk about this last week, but we just got so swept away. Um, it's an excellent comic book. In fact, Fred has sold out of it on its first run. I did so, see that. Yeah, that that's really positive. I'm glad that he's getting the support because it is a good book. The artwork is fantastic. The covers are fantastic. Uh, I'm just finding that Fred, uh, you know, he's laying out a good beginning of a story. And that's what it, that's what issue one's supposed to do. You're still there, Tyler. Oh, I, I jinxed it. Yeah, I think so, he's having internet issues. Yep. But anyhow, um, I got to say uh, congrats to Fred Kennedy there because it's well worth the read. Remember that you can always go on to Amazon and pick up a digital copy. And he is doing an extended run 
for the first issue. Oops. As well as he will be, uh, uh, today was the cutoff for the second issue to be bought. So I guess that time has come and gone, but hopefully your local will have it in stock and you can pick it up because I have seen really good reviews of it on the internet. So people seem to be generally happy with the, with the issue. And these are people who picked it up, not knowing anything about it, just a, a grab at the store. And yeah, it seems to be well-received. That's for sure. Have you read it yeah. for us or anything? No, not yet. I have it. I just haven't had the time to read it just yet. Uh, it's been super busy on my side. Uh, so, yeah, I just haven't had time. But I think this week I should have a little time because, you know, it is a shorter week. Uh, just working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off again because it's Good Friday. Off again on Monday because why not, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and like I say, it, this one isn't too heavy of an episode. We're just laying out some of the groundwork of the characters and the environment that they're in because they're basically it's Romans in the German Empire and the Germans are playing nasty to the invaders, which, you know, shouldn't shock anyone, especially if you know history. So, yeah, it's um, good. Good, solid start to to the comic looking forward to the run and yeah. i'm looking forward to fred having more success because yep, same i think he tries really hard at a lot of stuff yeah he does he yeah. works very hard at everything works he does. very hard yep um did you watch the nick fury uh the secret invasion series uh trailer yes i caught that yesterday and uh very happy about that um it looked good i don't know what do you think I thought it looked good for for a trailer, right? Like, I don't really put too much stock on trailers. Kind of like what we were talking about during our Last of Us special, yeah. which you can catch on YouTube. For those of you coming from SNME Radio, uh, go to itscanonpodcast.com or check it out on YouTube to check out what we are talking about because um, we did have a special episode that was a It's Canon exclusive. So, yeah, you know, I don't put too much stock on trailers anymore, right? So, yeah. uh, but what was there, I liked. Yeah, and it looks to have a little bit different of a tone for Disney+. Plus. It looks to be pretty, pretty grounded. So I'm hoping that that's the experience because that's what it is projecting. But yep. we all know trailers lie. <laughs> so, yep. That's exactly know. it, right? That's exactly it. So we'll see. Um, but I am excited. I am excited. That's coming out, what, I want to say uh, June. later in June? Yeah, I think June yeah, 21st. June. Yep, yeah. I thought that was the day uh, that I saw, but I wasn't sure, and I didn't want to uh, uh, jinx myself or anyone to. Oh, I'm, I'm out on a limb. I'm out on a limb on that one because I just vaguely No, but the fact that that was the day I had in my head and you said it, unless you know, we're both absolutely <laughs> wrong and senile. Which at this point, be. why not? We probably are. Yeah. Um, well, I, I believe I, we I, called Halo season two as non-existent, but yeah, it's filmed. So, <laughs> Who knows? yeah, it was um, Tetch Friday. Uh, I was chilling at home because it was a busy, 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 busy weekend, uh, and I was able to catch uh, on Apple TV Plus that new Tetris movie. Yes, I started it last night. With Egerton. Egerton. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty good. Gotta say. 
hit me in the field. Yeah. Nostalgic I liked what I saw. Thing. Yeah. Did you watch the whole oh. thing yet? Yeah. 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 I was lucky enough to wow. catch it all in one sitting. Um, he got kicked out again. I noticed that as he was in the lobby. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I did watch it. I liked it. I liked it, right? You, yeah. You have to know that. Yes. The, the people who the movie is based off of the founder and distributor of Tetris. They were heavily involved, but even they said that, you know, they turned it into a Hollywood flick. Right. So, but I like what I saw. It was a fun movie, right? It, mm -hmm. it was just fun. And it's, it's rare to just sit down and be able to kind of shut off your brain and mindlessly watch something. Is that, is that becoming Apple TV Plus's niche? Like mindless viewing, you mean well, entertainment? The, the, you mean <laughs> feel good, feel good streaming? Because I like I know they have serious stuff on there too. Obviously, um, you know there, there's a lot of shows that are on there that are super well written, super dramatic, everything like that. But the Ted Lasso's, the shrinking, and now Tetris, I think, is going to get a headline that sort of sets a trend line about if that's in fact how audiences take it right like that it's a, a a good movie to just sit down and watch for all mankind is the one that i was trying to think of the other week about the parallel world the alternate universe of space space race but that's an excellent show on apple tv too yeah um, I think that's what you and I are getting the most out of Apple TV is those feel good, shrinking Ted Lasso, the Tetris movie. I think that's what we've had, what's caught our eye with Apple TV because I know that they have a lot of other stuff, right? Yeah, they have they, they do have, have some the murders in a building, stuff like that. That, but again, that's Martin Short and and like Steve that's, Martin. I thought that was Disney. Oh, maybe it is. Oh, yeah, it is. It's Disney. That. It's not at Apple. least here in Canada. It's Disney. Yep. Yep. You're right. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. One of those days, trying to do a thousand things at once, and that's the beauty of not only these podcasts that we do in one take, uh, but now that we're live, it's everyone sees everything. Woo! I can't. Yeah, it's well, funny because like we were talking about yesterday. I can't even. Yeah, I know. Well, because everything is subcontracted out here in Canada, right? Yeah, and distributed. Um, like we, it's funny because like we were talking about yesterday. I can't even like give you the signs of trying to wrap it up. Hurry up. <laughs> what the fuck? Yep. I know, right? But hey, we found the host chat, so Oh, I knew it was there. It just I know but click to use it. Old man Phil learned how to read. <laughs> so. yep. It's right there in front of you. Um man, this is so weird with Tyler. We'll 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 figure it out with Tyler. Uh it just sucks because I know he was eager to get back in and, 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 and do stuff. Well, I guess that's why we should test more, but we're a fly by the seat of our pants. It was working well for us, right? Who would have thought? Yes, that is true. And it works for you and Matt, does it not? Yeah, this is literally yeah. the first. And, and they, we I, I use it for SNME stuff, so go figure, right? Yep, exactly. Um, so it's funny. We, we had our special on The Last of Us, and we were kind of talking that not only was the show quintessential, but like the TV show is quintessential because it was one of the first um, uh, kind of translations from from adaptions from game to show or to other stuff that just worked right yeah. um and my fear and i kind of didn't express this as much last night um was my concern my fear whatever you want to say is that 
we're going to be seeing a lot more, right? Everyone and under their son is going to try this. Remember, like, mm-hmm. when everyone was getting a comic book movie, it'll, it's going to be like that, right? Um, it was announced that Legendary Entertainment, uh, you've seen... You know, they've been around a lot. They do a lot of stuff. Uh, they acquired the film and TV rights to Street Fighter. Oh, gosh. But, okay, Street Fighter is Street Fighter. When I think of fighting games, I'm not thinking huge story. The story is there. But it's a fighting game. It, it, it's The bulk of the game is in the action. That's a difficult thing to translate. That's why Mortal Kombat. It's Kombat like when they made was... Need for Speed movie, right? Yeah. It's just a really difficult thing. Whereas you walk away from The Last of Us and you go, what a goddamn story. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what a... the, the father-daughter relationship, the moral dilemma, all that stuff we talked about in yesterday's episode. That was what you walked away with. And then you went, and it was a video game. You know what I mean? Like that was that was so much fun because I was scared. I was in the moment. I was fully engaged. It occupied my senses. It occupied my emotions, everything. And yeah, you know, like I look at Street Fighter and I go, I don't like I don't know what what compelling character stuff is going to happen in that that could hold me. But hey, maybe they can pull it off. I don't know. Maybe that becomes the next big thing. So we'll have to see. But I also saw in news last week that uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world is going to become an anime voiced by Michael Sarah and the cast on Netflix. So they're getting into the fight and they are bringing the guns at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the this has been in the works for a while. I know that they've kind of been selling this for for a little bit, and I love it just because not only is Michael Sarah starring in it, but they have the entire cast from the 2010 movie, the cult hit movie uh, that is going to be part of that project. So that's coming in uh, to Netflix, and even the the animation company. I forget the animation company off the top of my head. Uh, but they do a lot of weird animes, a lot of cra- oh, crazy scientific uh, things in animation. So this is kind of like, um, kind of like a match made in heaven. Because if you've seen the movie, if you've read the comics, you know that Scott Pilgrim isn't isn't your mother's story, isn't your mother's uh, movie, isn't your mother's comic. Yep, it's we we both have a personal affinity to- towards it for our involvement at the time and, and, and actually engaging with some of the actors on set yep. uh, personally. So yep. it, it's nothing. It's it, I always have this fondness about that movie because like just rewatching it and going, Oh, there's an Amazon delivery girl. And then I'm like, well, at the time, what the hell's Amazon? Cause it wasn't really in Canada. Right. And it's like, yep. What the hell is an Amazon? Like, I don't, I wasn't paying attention to it. It could have been in Canada, but I, it wasn't as big as it is now. And yeah, I was just like, oh, I look back at it now and I go, holy shit. Yeah, that was on to something. That was on the nose, <laughs> like just on that yeah. perspective. But it's also just yeah. a super fun movie and a super fun book. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it in anime. It's gonna yep, be that's going to be a lot of fun. 
Um, speaking of trailers, I know we're jumping around a lot, but that's what we yeah. do here on this first segment in the read, watch, play segment. Um, did you watch today the Blue Beetle trailer? No, I saw that it was coming out and I didn't catch it. So I haven't sat down for my YouTube yet. I haven't done my daily digest of, of media because of the show. So how does it look? It looks like fun. It kind of reminds me, it has this sense of Venom with Tom Hardy, right? And how he interacts with the symbiote. It has a little bit of that, but it also has a bit of a charm uh, that, that you rarely see in DC projects. Now, remember, okay. this project has been around for a long time. James Gunn has had nothing to do with this. This exists in the DCU, some weird corner of it. Uh, so we don't know what, ex and, and, and James Gunn, when he did take over, he mentioned this movie and he kind of said that it, it, you know, he didn't guarantee its future in his DC, but he also didn't shoot it down. So I think they're going to see how this does. Um, but uh, the Blue Beetle looks really good. Stars Zolo Maruena, uh, who is also the star of Cobra Kai. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Well, that should be fun. I, I, I was, I'm looking forward to seeing the trailer. I thought I saw it leak, but I didn't click on it because I hate getting set up with these really bad cam rips that show up on YouTube. So I'm glad that it's official today. Yeah. And we'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, so that looks very good. Uh, what else? What else did we watch? Um, I watched, oh, on Saturday. I know I, I we haven't talked about it at all, uh, but I finally sat down and had the time because uh, unfortunately, when the sh when when Kevin Smith was in Toronto, I was busy with some wrestling stuff, so I couldn't make it to any of his screeners to Clerks Three. Uh, oh. And luckily, Crave has picked that up. Um, and I watched that over the weekend on Saturday night, to be exact. I really, really enjoyed it. I got to the point where Randall was having a heart attack, and I had to put it on hold, and I haven't picked it up. <laughs> Because I know it's going to be this crazy, emotional, and fun movie. Like, uh, I, his movies very rarely disappoint me. So, I will, not, now that you've seen it, I'll go back and finish it. Because I have, I yep. did mean to do that this week, actually. Yeah, you should. It's a great ride. I think that it was very well done. Uh, obviously, it's somewhat based off of Kevin Smith's own experience of having... Yep. You know, the heart attack right after coming off stage, almost dying, had the Widowmaker uh, with 80% of people who have this dying, right? Uh, it's yep. funny that he credits cannabis use to saving his life because it's a natural yep. blood thinner. So yep. the weed, the weed saved him. But yeah, he is it just so you know, in the view of skew universe and the clerk's sp space, he views himself as Randall. Yep. So. That's that's his personification, and yeah, so it, it, it it's very interesting. Jay would be uh, Dante type thing, so I think. But anyhow, I don't get too deep into it. I just enjoy it for what it is. I don't, you know, obviously it was wasn't hard to read into it for what you just revealed, and yeah, that, that's kind of why the emotions were high on it because I I I have watched his stand-up comedy like it's so funny how he recorded that show before he went off stage and had the heart attack that particular performance was an hbo special <laughs> so it's just yeah. like wow just, what are the odds 
right? <laughs> I'm just thinking, uh, did I watch that? I know I started it. Uh, yeah, I did. I did finish watching yeah. that. So over Christmas, I had this weird Kevin Smith uh, uh, trip. Like I always, I always go through this where I just want to watch a bunch of random Kevin Smith movies, and through eBay, I was able to find a a edition of of um, Dogma because you can't buy that anymore, right? It's yep. they don't distribute that movie anymore. Uh, so I was able to find it for like ten bucks. Woo-hoo! Bought it right away, right? I've Buy got now. My collection. <laughs> yep. I I had a copy, but Juan ended ended up keeping it, right? Um, right. always a shitty part of having siblings and then roommates and stuff like that, right? It's like who keeps what when 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 people move out and stuff. Uh, but with Juan, it was when he got married. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> and I think Mike had a copy too, which is so funny. I think I've I think I've bought that thing three times, at, <laughs> at least twice. And uh, anyways, but. Um, so I watched Dogma back in Christmas. Uh, then I watched that that special, uh, you know, uh, where he suffered the heart attack right after. But I don't. I think it's on Amazon Prime here in Canada, where it's this Kevin Smith documentary. Uh, it's basically people praising Kevin Smith, and it's you know he's part of it, and he kind of talks about the process and things like that. Sorry, Clerk. Yeah, Clerk. that's the one. Yeah, I, I thought that was the name. Yeah, so good, I've so that. well done. Yep. I watched that one too. I fell into that as well. I go through the same phases with Kevin Smith and the View Askew universe. I've got quite the collection, as you know, Boris. I've got signed scripts. I've got autographed merch from Kevin and Jay, and yeah, their prized possessions, and even the best man at my wedding. I gave him autographed uh, uh, dolls of Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes from uh, uh, which McCall it um, which movie was it the one where they had uh, had the uh, lightsabers and and Luke w- and Mark Hamill was in it the uh, uh, Jay's has jo- uh, Bob Strike back. Strike Back yep the Empire Strikes Back ploy yep. so and I've got a autographed poster of that too from Kevin. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, com gets all kinds of attention from me. I know. <laughs> we need to make an order. We need to make an order. And sorry, everyone, I'm trying to refocus my camera. The beauty of modern webcams is is uh, that uh, they all autofocus. And I absolutely hate that. Especially when the light Except gets a little low, right? Yeah. Super blind. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? We need to oh, make an order, an order for 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 smartcast stuff yeah it's i i gotta do a dual order just to get donut media shirts and stuff because i'm tired especially now with the dollar taking a beating (laughs) it's just getting anything out of the states is like if it's not smuggled in by amazon it ain't coming here (laughs) yep it's so difficult right now so freaking difficult um what else are we going to talk about? Let's talk quickly. Uh, we're going to be talking about this a little more as time comes out, but th- I love this headline, uh, and it's about Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and it says that it uses the PS5 DualSense controller to make you feel the Force. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, my my feeds, my Twitter feed has been blowing up because there's a few people that I follow that got a four hour 
exposure to the game this weekend. And they are on cloud nine about their experience playing this. So, but you're playing the Star Wars fans. So, of course, we're going to be excited about it. Of course, we're going to be amped. You know, Cal Kestis is back, the Night Sister, everything like that. So, this one that I follow on, on Twitter, Ruthless Knight, she likes to cosplay as one of the sisters and whatnot. So, hey, great on people that they that this game is indoctrinating or maintaining fans in the space. And I am looking forward to the game, April 28th, right? They pushed it out just a little bit to give it a little more polish. And, yeah, I'm hoping that this one, just like the first one, isn't buggy. <laughs> it just plays. So... It's such a weird uh, thing, though. The first, yeah, I did. There were times, there were some planets uh, and some battles where it was just so much was going on that oh, it did slow yeah. down a little bit. The ad at in the first game. That's I exactly never, it. never, ever, ever got a smooth transition on PS5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PS4, or Stadia. Because those are all the platforms I played it on. And finished it. So I don't have a problem. You have a problem. <laughs> yeah. I need I, I need I think I'm gonna replay that game before this uh one comes out because I remember playing this game literally uh 2020, right before the pandemic. Yeah. It was a big out for me. I just kept on replaying it. And I it remember. kept on coming back to you, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna test it on this platform now. <laughs> but it just hit free on everything, especially when the new the new systems came out. They they basically had that re that reissue for free, right? So it's like if you had a copy, you it just kept on getting longevity out of it because it's like now there's an Xbox S and S version. I played it on the S and I played it on the X. <laughs> Question: In terms of timeline, yeah, does the Bad Batch and this take place at the same time, or this is after? Uh, this would be. Well, this would bad, be after way bad after, batch about would 15 be, years after not that much but it bad batch would be before this yeah yes so yeah. if in the bad batch right now they are just doing the like they are just doing the clone trooper transit trans uh transition to stormtroopers so the next phase will be the decommissioning of the ships which is where Jedi survivor comes in. So yeah, this would be even further down that road because I don't know how much time passes between the first and the second game. So yeah, doesn't look like too much, but it looks like it's enough. Um, can we talk about the bad batch right now? Can we, can we, yeah, can we take yeah. a moment to talk some bad batch before we move on to other things? Yeah, I think it deserves a little bit of uh sunlight. Because the amount of people, a dramatic episode ending, like a season ending. The amount of people that I've realized who actually watched the Bad Batch has surprised me. I have friends coming to me. Have you watched the Bad Batch? Oh, you watched that too. Uh, I was out yeah. on Thursday evening, and and some person who knows I geek out a lot and obviously knows I like Star Wars. I was actually wearing that pew pew shirt, the same one that you have, right? Uh, that one. Yep, that one. Um, today I have the one describing me, the man. Um, the I was wearing that shirt and the barback is like, 
you watch uh, Bad Batch? I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> awesome. Hey, like, look, I it has episodes that are very low engaging, kid friendly, and that's good. I like that about Star Wars that they hit all different ages, but this finale uh hit a bit different. It was uh, it's been getting a little more serious in its tone towards the end of the second series. And it's doing a lot of reflection and self-examination from the clone's perspective. And I find it is, it is actually really well. It's exploring things in a really interesting way. Put it that yeah. way. Yeah. So, agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. And, and I'm trying to think of how to frame this conversation without just blowing, blowing spoilers away. Uh, I think what we need to do is I, th I think we need to do a bad batch season two review. I think that's what this calls for. Yeah, we'll do a special on that, just like the the Last of Us. But we can even we can make it even shorter and a little more on the well, nose. Last of Us, there was a lot to cover. There's a lot right? of content in that. Whereas this one, we can just cover off some themes, I think, and and get yeah. away with that, the, and just be able to so, talk spoilers. <laughs> so, I'm I guess what I'm trying to say is I am super excited for season three, and Dave Filoni. You can do whatever you want to me because you're you're a genius. Yeah, and man, oh man, if I know I say this every week, and I, I am a broken toy with Star Wars, but or broken something with Star Wars. Yeah, Dave Filoni, you have you have one of the most complicated relationships with Star Wars. I yeah, I guess so, but I try to keep it simple. I try and keep it on the up and up, and I, I acknowledge that there's bad, but there's good and bad, too. Um, I'm really looking forward to Ahsoka. Really, really looking forward to Ahsoka. Like, first of all, one of the leaks from the weekend that I forgot to mention earlier is there's going to be a $200 ghost. Which is just, I don't know what's more happy, what makes me more happy. Lego collector me, or... The fact that I absolutely adored Rebels and our characters are coming back. Like uh, a Jason Sindula is going to be there. Hera's uh, minifig in the set. Um, Ahsoka's in the set. Zeb isn't, but we see Zeb in Mandalorian. Uh, Sabine <laughs> is in the set. Uh, and there's a, um, a, a kind of like a Akbar-esque type squiddy. Yes. That uh, is in the set because he's the mechanic for the ghost. So I'm really excited about this because Ahsoka is something near and dear to Dave Filoni's heart. And I know that he's going to write it with his heart. And that's going to be fun to see as a fan. That's really going to be a charge to see live action Ahsoka and Dave just handling this property with the respect it deserves. So that's going to be, I think where we're really going to take notice and go, Holy shit. What a, what a mastermind. Like what, uh, uh, this guy, this guy gets star Wars. I think there's going to be a large portion of the fan base that feel that way. There's going to be people who don't because it's star Wars, but, it's Star Wars. That's fine. Yeah, the, the you know, and this 
you know what? Let's just talk some Mandalorian now. Let's talk Star Wars stuff as we as we talk Bad Batch, as we talk Ahsoka, as we talk uh, Lego and all that. Um, so we'll, we'll bring it all together and have our Mandalorian chat right now. You can tell that with Tyler gone. I'm like, okay, so there goes a lot of conversations that I wanted to have. Uh, but that's all right, Tyler. I hope uh, we figure this out. We'll figure this we'll out. We'll get it figured out. Uh, we'll get it figured out. Okay. So with... Ahsoka, my fear is that what we're going to see, we're, we're falling, and I know we talked about this, but after last week's episode, and I don't know what's going to happen, I have no idea, I'm just yeah. saying this in general, with what happened at the end of last week's episode, right, yep. my fear is that we're falling into the MCU trap of mm-hmm. setting up other shows for the sake of... And, and it hurting the show that we're watching, right? Where they're always thinking about the next project and not actually investing time in p- properly telling the story that they're trying to tell. So, again, right? Like, I don't well, want to get into Well, they did that in the book of Boba Fett, right? They did it in the book that's, of Boba Fett. That's my fear that they're going to continue doing this. was off the ball. Yeah, their eye was off the ball in that. And the two best episodes in the book of Boba Fett were the two episodes that didn't have boba fett in them (laughs) and that's a messed up thing to say so i i feel like this season though mandalorian without again talking about spoilers i feel like this season is keeping at least one eye on the ball because i feel like the way that this episode ended is leaving us in an interesting spot because i think we do have a definition of where where this show is going and i don't know if it's where this show is going this season or where this goal the show is going as a goal but the stated thing at the end about retaking a planet type thing is very interesting as well as that you know having what they had given to them when that retaking the planet led me to kind of go huh phil was on to something with his you know bo katan this turning into the adventures of bo katan uh show it's a possibility i also have another theory that obviously it's on the internet so i i'm just gonna say it now uh it's 38 33 in the in the broadcast put put yourself on mute for the next five minutes if you don't want potential spoilers and i'm just saying this as a theory if you're okay with it boris of course let's do this all right so this is a theory this is a theory this has no i have avoided all leaks all right i'm just going by my gut and my star wars intuition okay there were some odd comments in the episode with the tie interceptors if you pay attention to tie interceptors in star wars you will know that they were grand admiral thrawn's um pet project he wanted these green lit before instead of the the star uh, uh star destroyer or not star destroyer death star so thrawn wanted to have these ships because he figured they gave the empire the tactical superiority to take the universe take control of the universe because tie interceptors have shields and they have warp 
capabilities. So they are a lot more sustainable as a fighter and as a scout ship. However, they are slower than a TIE fighter. Now, Mando specifically says in that episode that this can't be a warlord that's coming by. These came from, there's so many of them, they had to come from a bigger support ship. So, obviously, with where we're left with this week, my theory is, and yeah, is that the Mandalorians are getting set up, but we know somebody else who used a lot of Beskar, and that was the uh, that was uh, 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 Carlo, the uh, uh, Gideon Moff Gideon. He was dealing in Beskar. That yep. was his major currency, right? Was Empire branded Beskar? So, I'm thinking Gideon's working for Thrawn. Yeah, and we know that Thrawn is most likely the big baddie in Ahsoka. So this is a little bit of your concern about winding this back into carrying into another show. Right? Because I think the final episode we're going to see or have Thrawn referenced as the mastermind of what's going on. And then we're going to see it flesh out in, in uh, uh, Ahsoka. But we're already getting these hints with the Pergil, you know, space whales, the TIE interceptors, and this mysterious Moff Gideon disappearance. So I think all things being said, and who's calling the shots for this rebel or this imperial agent that's doing double duty and cleaning up the mess behind Moff Gideon mm -hmm. with, with that? So I just think that there's a... That reeks of Grand Admiral Thrawn. That deceptive, analyze your enemies, find their weak points and exploit them to the point of they break. And it seems like we're going to get Thrawn as the ultimate guy pulling the strings to get the creation of the First Order. And this is the launch of it. That's, That's my theory. Yeah. I can for sure see that. I can for sure see that. I think then that that going to what I was saying, right? And I didn't want to flat out say what you were saying, but I'm like, yeah, let's just talk about it. Um, that my theory, my my fear is that they're really gonna bring in the Thrawn stuff, uh, leading into the Ahsoka show, and it's gonna turn that'll turn the attention will turn into that. The attention will turn to Bo-Katan, and Din Jordan will see what actually happens with him. Yep. So, you know, I was surprised with even, you know, saying this, seeing it on the screen. When Bo-Katan went over to Din at the end of the episode, I thought she was just going to take the Darksaber. <laughs> I thought so, too. Like, honestly, I was just like, just freaking take it, because it's fighting him. He's never going to adjust. You're now declared basically the rightful heir to unite Mandalore. What you've always wanted has been just ordained. Now figure out this loophole. So I don't know if the rest of the season hinges on figuring out that loophole or actually going back to Mandalore because there was another Easter egg in this week's episode aside from Zeb showing up. And that was that they are settled in beside Bullock Canyon. Which is yes. a homage to Jeremy Bullock, the guy who portrayed Boba Fett or one of the variations of Boba Fett uh, on screen. So uh, I thought that that was a really nice reference because he passed away basically a year ago. 
at, at this point. So, um, you know, good on Star Wars for actually recognizing it. And as well on the sad front of Star Wars news, uh, uh, Peter Mayhew's wife, Annie, passed away on the weekend. Yeah, I saw that. So, um, going back to this to this episode of The Mandalorian, uh, one thing that kind of makes me go hmm and we've seen shades of this already right we talked about this but we're seeing it more and more where the new republic is no different than the empire they just do things legally they do things yep. by the book but they're assholes the fact that you know uh they wanted help but because uh this planet didn't sign the treaty to be part of the new republic fuck them yep it, it's it's a harsh thing. It's like we noticed with that one episode. People have like those those imperial troops that are matriculated back in to modern society on this forgiveness program. They're given numbers for names, which is basically what the Empire does. Like the parallels are being drawn here about how they're both both sets of government or or both sets of ideals are being poorly implemented by both sides. They, they de dehumanize people. They exploit populations. They just do it. One does it with a smile on their face and calls it democracy. And the other one just says that they're bringing peace and does it tyrannically. So, but that, that is a theme in star Wars. If you are interested in reading some of the books that explore this theme and do it rather well, I would say probably the best book ever, especially if you like the, the original trilogy is a large young adult book uh, called uh, lost stars by Claudia gray. And it explores two characters, their intricate relationship on either side of that line one's a you know eventually a rebel and one is a command uh person on in in the empire and it's just a fantastic book honestly i didn't think that it was something that i would enjoy and that really just started my real understanding years ago about the dichotomy of of these two things and the parallels that are there that exist that are so much yep. fun to explore yeah and it's kind of funny just because of we of what we know happens with the new republic right so for yep. me it's very similar and has the parallels of the bad batch but the other direction yep exactly it's it's a complex thing like uh i've explained it to friends of mine where i'm like you know what like what star wars is doing right now is very confusing for the average fan but when you start to unravel the way that the timelines are going in the storylines, there's lots of parallels that are just so satisfying that, yeah, like just the Bad Batch showing this almost exact same thing as Mandalore is exposing the New Republic. The Mandalorian is exposing the New Republic of being guilty of. And I think um, as well, our friend Paul... Uh, uh, our, our, our friend from uh, Kim's Convenience, Paul yes. Sun Young Lee, he um he came out this week and kind of dropped a tweet that made people think that possibly that uh, that show that got canceled because of Gina Carano's departure, the New Republic uh, Ranger show, 
might be something that comes back or these episodes like this one this week with exploring the new Republic a little bit in the background with Carson Teva, which is his character in universe and some of the stuff that came out during the Coruscant episode uh, that all that was content that was actually intended or written for the the Rangers show. That wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. And it kind of feels like it, right? Because it just feels yeah. so different than what the Mandalorian is. But what right now, right after season two, what is the Mandalorian, right? Like what yeah. is it? It's just another show in the Star Wars universe. Uh, and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying like it, it, it's lost. It's 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 almost its purpose, right? Yeah, it's it's changing, and I I don't know. Like the transition's difficult. This season has been a difficult uh, uh, journey, but I think they're starting to find the pace. And I don't know. I'm curious what the story's going to be. I, I don't think anything bad has happened. Change can be good. So yep. you know, yeah. And Captain Carson is awesome. Hundred percent. Uh, a super yep. wonderful guy. So be sure to follow him on Twitter and his socials because he you know, does regular unboxing videos on YouTube that are so he much does, fun. He does. Uh, we have him on tap for this show. It's just a matter of timing. Yeah, I, I know we're saving that one. So because <laughs> he's he has expressed excitement about coming on. So, yeah. Um, OK, so that is our weekly Screaming from the mountaintops of Star Wars. Uh, so Steam Deck. Steam Deck. I'm sh I'm not shocked, but I am shocked at the popularity of Steam Deck. I'm shocked that it's been given an opportunity. And it really makes me miss the Vista more and more and more. Oh, the Vita, you mean? The Vita. Vita. I don't know why I said yes. Vista. Pfft. Nothing. No one, no one misses Vista. No. Um, not even. Eh, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, the Vita. <laughs> Asus is apparently making a Steam Deck competitor. Uh, yeah. th the handheld is going to run a custom chip from AMD uh, inside a uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we don't know pricing. Best Buy has a listing up for it. No pre-order options just yet. It's called the ROG Ally. Uh, looks kind of similar to the Steam Deck, but it's all white. Looks kind of cool. Uh, let yep. me bring this mofo picture up. Um it's not a theory anymore. It's happening. It's it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. It says this is a theory below. <laughs> oh no, I, I I removed that. That should be gone. Awesome. Oh no, that was for your I know. For your I'm just uh, you. I'm giving you a hard time. Yeah. ROG stands for Republic of Gaming. <laughs> there you go. Just just so you know, I'm I'm a little bit of an Asus geek. So yeah, this 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 equipment, they make cell phones as well, gaming cell phones. Their stuff is really well built when it comes to this line ROG. Uh, so I'm really curious to see if this thing, you know, what kind of stats it has, the performance and the price point, because Asus are also a good company at keeping a relatively modest price point, which is very important on this stuff because what was it? Logitech released a stream deck yes. for streaming. And that thing's like $400 in the store Canadian. Like it is not cheap for a screen with a controller. That is the one 
drawback to these things that I'm a little bit scared about, and even with the Steam Deck, is I do not like integrated controllers because of stick drift and, and whatnot. Because if your controller goes bad, then you either have to get it repaired or you're moving to a new unit. Like it's, that was the, That's one of the beauties of the Switch. Yes, and that's what I really liked about the Switch is that you can just go out and buy a different controller or, you know, change the little sticks or whatever. But, and that's, that's why I enjoy using the pro controllers. I know they're expensive, but I can go through like that, that PlayStation one, aside from the battery being smaller, I'm kind of curious to get my hands on one of those because you can replace the sticks in it. If you start to get drift. Yep. And I love that functionality. I love being able to take, for example, my stuff here and just being able to change out the sticks just with magnets and whatnot. Is that like the I've, Elite controller? This is the Elite 2, yeah. I've, I've got an Elite number one as well. Yeah. So that those are my main controllers for gaming. That one I had to get because it looks like a Stormtrooper. <laughs> Such a nerd. Um. <laughs> Well, so, I had to color code all of the with scuff, all the all the the things so they were white, and I had to custom order black magnetic crosses and pieces. And the other feature on this controller is that in the Xbox software, you can change the color of the LED on here. So, yes, this is all my level of obsessive compulsiveness. Not this is the issue with nerds with money. <laughs> Says me. <laughs> with nerds with money and no responsibility. Barely mm -hmm. to themselves. Hey, right. I, I went into the Wal Walmart on the weekend and came out with an office Lego set. <laughs> when you sent me that picture, I laughed. <laughs> there was no way that wasn't coming home with me. I'm just like, yeah, okay. I don't even have a, a cart or anything. I'm just this grown-ass man walking around Walmart, and then I had to go to the grocery area to get pop. And I'm like, okay, damn it. Like, I don't care. I'm owning this fucking set. <laughs> Love it. Uh, uh, gamers. So uh, gamers are the uh, we're the weirdest bunch, right? Um, we always talk about um in-game purchases mini games and things like that right uh yeah. we'll always complain to it until we're out of breath but this is why they're never gonna stop and this is why i think consumers are idiots sometimes like and i'm i'm adding myself into that into that category yeah. right uh counter-strike players reportedly spent a hundred million dollars in march a new estimate suggests oh. that in March in 2023, Counter-Strike's best month ever for cases ever uh, with players spending over a hundred million dollars on microtransactions. Why would any company stop microtransactions? I know, right? It's it's we're our own worst enemies. Like, I don't know how many times I'll get on here now. Ever since I've been doing this podcast with you. I have paid more attention to in-game spending because we call it out so much. But that being said, I do buy expansions. I do I do wait for games to go on sale now a lot more than I used to. Yeah. Um, 
and a I game? don't participate in those secondary markets as much. But I was pretty bad at, at certain points where I was just like, oh, I need to get this accessory. To, especially World of Warcraft was ab was my absolute worst was building armor sets and things like that. Like, whoa. I was bad with League of Legends. Mike and I really, and especially when Mike and I found a game that we can both play at the same time. Uh, yep. we be, you, we're both obsessive compulsive. Uh, the amount of time and hours that we spent on League of Legends, it was insane to the point where our third roommate at the time uh, for Christmas literally just bought us a shit ton of gift cards for <laughs> League of Legends. <laughs> Exactly. Well, like right now, you guys know, I play Forza Horizon 5 religiously really? every week. You've never mentioned that. <laughs> no, and it keeps track of your hours, and I'm over 600 hours in it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's just driving a car. <laughs> like, oh my God, I've got a problem. But yeah, and it's exactly that. It's so funny because the guy I like racing with in the car club, we all have certain paint jobs that we use. And I'm the guy who always takes the paint job that is the loudest, most outrageous anime girl ever on it. So I've got some of the most suggestive paint jobs in game. <laughs> and I just get a kick out of it because it's like, you know, like there's no shame in this artwork. They're going up the skirts. They're licking lollipops. They're doing everything, and I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, throw it on the car. I even had one car that looked exactly like a dong. <laughs> so it was just, yeah, I, I go for all this inappropriate stuff, but it's so my teammates can figure out which car is mine in case they're not reading the names. Because when you're going fast, it's hard to be accurate. So it's like you don't want to take out your teammates. So. Do you? Really? <laughs> Really? Try explaining that to most of the multi, multi, most of the players who play over the internet in that game. Yeah, I know, right? That's why I don't play over the internet. I, I I like fucking around way too much to be to take things serious, right? Well, you know, I I do have a Hyundai Veloster done up in Vagisil, so <laughs> I just don't get you sometimes. Um. <laughs> completely lost my train of thought. Uh, yes, uh, mic microtransactions, microtransactions. Uh, so yeah, like they're not going away any freaking time no. soon, right? Like they're here to stay. We're gonna bitch. We're gonna complain, but they're gonna stick around. Uh, you mentioned, and you kind of started going on an old man rant, but I really wasn't paying too much attention because I was busy. Uh, DLCs. What you do? What you buy? Oh, I I do buy DLCs. Like I I pre-registered. Forza Horizon 5, I know that there's... I meant, or, like, over the weekend or, or, or last week, what did you get? Uh, There was a DLC for Forza Horizon 5 that I pre-bought. Mm. I thought there was so, something else that you bought. I, I, I was giving myself until Sunday to complete it. It dropped on Wednesday. I was done at Friday night. So Oh, that was, that was that's, what, that's what the complaint was. I remember now, is how much content you're actually getting for yes, it's whatever shit. price it's shit like i like the game variants i like all that but the actual amount of content first of all like in this particular case the cars that they give you are crap and then in the next case the actual courses it made the map look really big 
And what ended up happening is they're reusing and going over the same courses time and time again. And they like just did they just like cut the grass to make it look bigger? Yeah, pretty much. It's oh, I'm so and and it's not just them doing it. It's everything doing it. It it used to be that there would be content drop and you would feel like you got a second game. You know what I mean? Like there was like, look at the Spider-Man extra content that came out for the PS5, right? Like that was, it felt like that was apparently an add-on, but it got remarketed as its own game type thing. But, but even, even Spider-Man for PS4, you know, those DLCs, you got DLCs were good. Yeah. And now cyberpunk, right? But like a lot of DLCs and add-ons, they're like five, ten hours extra, and you're paying like thirty bucks. Yeah, and, and and in this case, I took Thursday night and just did my weekly, so I wasn't even doing the expansion. So effectively, I did the expansion in two nights. That's not a lot, and we're talking. I finished on Friday night. I finished doing all of the secondary races that it forced you to do. So I did every single race that I already completed a second time. Yeah. So that's the thing that I'm just like, this is cheeky because they say that there's going to be this many hours of expansion racing and all this and online is unlimited and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this is all marketing spiel. This is really garbage as far as that goes. And it's not just them. It's a lot of different games where maybe it's because with Forza, yeah, I will use the online component. It's one of the few games I'll play online. But with most of the other games, like I really could care less about something like in the past I'd buy Call of Duty. I was only interested in the campaign. So the expansions were never something that I went for because the expansions were all online. New maps, new this, new that. And I'm like, oh, I don't give a crap. Like, that's not my thing. I, same with Counter-Strike 2. I'm like, everybody's excited about it. I'm like, could care less. Now, no offense to anybody who loves it. I get it. I was sweaty into that for a long time. But I also learned that, you know, hating on angry 13-year-olds who are sniping me and I can't even see them, it ain't going to make, it ain't going to get any better for me. <laughs> so no, Exactly. I, I just disengage from it. Yep. So the video game industry, and this is the segue we're going to take into the last two topics of the day. Um, you know, the video game industry is changing a lot, right? One thing that we are seeing is the change of marketing and marketing direction with video game industries. Um, you know, we used to have E3. E3 each and every single year was the showcase event for video games where we always got the big ass announcements. But I think change things changed drastically uh, back when PS4 and Xbox 360 were unveiled, uh, and that's because you're unveiling things with your competitor right there. Uh, and over the past few years, you know, everyone seems to be taking the Nintendo Direct approach and creating marketing um, showcases for themselves. We're seeing more yeah. of this, we're seeing more of that, and we're seeing these large companies pull out of E3. We're seeing publishers and distributors pull 
out of E3, and this led to the ultimate uh, cancellation of E3 2023. The ESA president and CEO, Stanley Pierre-Louis, he gave an interview uh, late last week about why E3 was canceled. He essentially said that there was a combination Publishers adjusting their marketing plans uh, because changes in economy, deciding to run their own digital showcases. Uh, he also still blamed COVID-19 for uh, the changes in schedules and all of that stuff. Uh, he said, and I quote, we were off to a strong start. There was interest among exhibitors, industry players, media, and certainly the fans. Ultimately, however, there were challenges that proved too large to surmount. And then he continued by saying, First, several companies have reported that the timeline for game development has been altered since the start of the COVID pandemic. Second, economic headwinds have caused several companies to reassess how they invest in large marketing events. And third, companies are starting to experiment with how to find the right balance between in-person events and digital marketing opportunities. Uh, and he didn't go as far as to cancel E3 in 2024, but he says they're going to keep a very close eye on the situation. Uh, so it might come, it might not uh, come back. Uh, they are, um, they also announced that uh, big publishers like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, they'd skip the event. Ubisoft also said they skipped the event, uh, but apparently they are running some virtual events the week that E3 was supposed to happen to with some of their trusted publishers and distributors uh, for some um, announcements and whatnot. But here's the thing. Here's the reality, Phil. With two clicks of a button, you and I go live now on YouTube and everywhere we want, right? Yep. If you get a nice presentation set up and ready, you can do everything online. Like that's 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 it. You know, you save money on flights, you save money on banners, you save money on uh, you know, hotels, food, hotels. food staff, celebrities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, the digital marketing approach is for sure one of the big ones. And like we always said, uh, everyone is wanting to control their own message. So we're seeing yep. personal showcases, a la Nintendo Direct, uh, and 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 and, the, and other showcases that Sony and Microsoft do. Yeah, the wheels started coming off exactly that when when Sony and and Microsoft got there to announce the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One, and they both, you know, Microsoft went first. And the uh, Sony saw the reaction to their unveiling and their plan on how to control the digital marketplace. And Sony went and rewrote their almost identical presentation to be, we're not doing what, what, what Microsoft just announced. We are Sony. We are for gamers. This is what we're going to do with our new system. And yeah, that pretty much killed it right there was when the writing went on the wall. COVID just helped to make it die faster. Yep. So yep. I don't think E3 is coming back, to be honest. They might have, honestly, I think they'll go to an online only approach and get yeah. indie developers, smaller publishers, things like that, right? Um, maybe try to sign exclusive contracts. You know what they should, you know what ESA should become? The company that runs E3 a full-blown marketing uh, company for smaller developers. Yep. It, it it could find its footing. 
it could do something for the industry because it, I love D3. It's a trusted, it's a trusted uh, out, output, right? Like it's a, it's well, a trusted you always outlet. We're going to get an idea of what the rest of the year had. It was, it was, it was the hype machine was pulling in when that show started. Right. And it's just like, it kicks off the excitement of the summer and what the fall and the winter are going to bring. So, you know, now it's going to be Microsoft having a big Starfield extravaganza that week. Sony trying to figure out how to counter it. Right. And it, it's like, God forbid, at that point as well, it's quite possible that in the alternate news, you know, like the, the FTC are the last ones holding out. It seems like everybody else has given approval for Microsoft to buy or at least enter into the ring formally for the acquisition of blizzard and, and and activision so i'm like it the writing's on the wall like that's gonna happen it looks like because the the court case that the ftc has doesn't have sound logic behind it so but i'm not a lawyer we'll see what happens we'll see what where that goes but it could all be done and dusted by that point, and Microsoft are just going to think that it's conquered the world when really it doesn't have much of a foothold in certain markets. So, you know what I love? What I love about gamers? Gamers will swear console wise for Microsoft. They'll shit talk Sony. They'll obviously shit talk Nintendo, thinking Nintendo's uh -huh. a big player uh, and a competitor in that sense. They're competitor, but not direct in that sense. Um, yeah. But the, you know these are the same people who rip Microsoft and use Ubuntu or whatever the fuck, right? <laughs> I just I've never understood that about gamers. I I I'm always being the guy that has both consoles, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> just like uh, I've never been a guy that stakes sides. Uh, the only time I have formally in the past is when friends do it. Now, I, my preference, to be honest, I do like both ecosystems. There is a comfort level in the lack of change on Microsoft's side, uh, the consistency of their, their operating system and its relationship to Windows. Uh, but at the same time, Sony have a very nice, pleasant OS too. Like, they're both... They're both hitting well for me. I find that, to be honest, I think that the Sony console is the better built, in my opinion. It just feels better, and maybe that's because of the controller. I don't know. I think but. Sony just has the ecosystem with the exclusives and things like that, right? Uh, yeah. But Sony, right? Like Even with their exclusive, they have the PC uh, uh, ports, right? And they were going great. And thank you for bringing this up. I thank you so much because this is the greatest segue ever. They were going great until last week. The Last of Us Part 1 was released on PC, and holy shit, they did bomb. Um, there's so much that went wrong with this. Is it greed? Most likely. Is it rushed work? Quite possibly. Is it that they don't even know what the hell Sony owns under their own umbrella? 100%. Uh, what's very weird is that Sony owns a porting uh, company, yeah. right? They own a porting company, but no, they went with another company, Iron Galaxy, um, to to 
do this port. They didn't even use their own porting company. Mm. Nixus. I, I can't believe it in the sense that they've had this property for so long. What was it? 2007? 10 years. 10 years. So they've had this property for since 2013. They just seemingly figured out, I guess, with the success of this show or just before the show went, went live and they started maybe getting dailies for it or something. And they go, Oh crap, this is going to be good. And then it's like, we better hurry the development of this PC port. Like, yeah, oh, I can we tell don't you, we even have resources right now. So let's bring in this Iron Galaxy outfit. Okay, <laughs> I think that's to get. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. They're like, look how well it runs on PS5. How how hard could it be? Well, okay, these are the specs. There's four different tiers of specs. Your minimum, your recommended, your performance, and your ultra. Let's just quickly go through minimum. Performance, 30 frames per second at 720p, graphic settings low, GPU, AMD Radon 470, 4 gigabytes, AMD Radon RX 6500 XT, 4 gigabytes, NVIDIA GeForce GTX 970, 4 gigabytes, or NVIDIA GeForce 1050 Ti, 4 gigabytes. So it sounds like you need 4 gigabytes of 4 gigabytes. RAM on your, on your uh, video card. CPU. Yeah. AMD Ryzen 5 1500X or Intel uh, Core i7 470K, uh, 16 gigabytes of RAM, and you need Windows 10 64-bit with storage of 100 gigabyte SSD. That's minimum. This minimum, have you seen oh. the pictures? Have you seen pictures of the minimum? <laughs> I haven't. I heard it's bad. I heard is really bad. <laughs> it's not not a good situation. It's, like it's really bad. It's the comparison is laughable. All right, let's get this. Uh, where is it? It looks like a PS3. It it, it honestly uh, looks like a PS3 game. Maybe even worse uh, than a PS3 game. It's not good. Man, oh man, and and Sony were the ones that delisted Cyberpunk from its store to protect its customers. And I noticed that Naughty Dog had to issue an apology today. So we'll get to that. All right, oh, recommended right. sixty frames per seconds. Uh, graphic settings high. Uh, essentially eight gigabytes in your video card. Uh, so the two most popular ones: the NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3060 and the AMD Radeon RX 5700 XT. Uh, CPU uh, AMD Ryzen 5 uh, 3600X or the Intel. Core i7-8700, you need 16 gigabyte, gigabytes of RAM. Um, performance, this is average at this point. Uh, higher than average, I should say. 60 frames per second at 41440p. Graphic settings high. GPU, get this. AMD Radon RX 6750 XT or NVIDIA GeForce RTX 2080Ti. That's basically what most people have at that point. Yeah. Ugh. CPU, AMD Ryzen 5 5600X or Intel i7 9700K, 32 gigabytes of RAM, 
and that's that. And then the <laughs> Ultra, to make it look just as nice as you can on console. Average performance, 60 frames per second at 4K. Graphic settings, Ultra. GPU, AMD Radon, RX 7900 XTX. <laughs> or the NVIDIA GeForce RTX 4080. Good luck even trying to find one of those. CPU, AMD <laughs> Ryzen 9 5900X, or the Intel i5 12600K, 32 gigabytes of RAM, 100 gigabyte SSD, Windows 10 64-bit. Holy crap. Good luck. Uh, this is why I don't play PC games anymore. Yep. That's a Over lot the weekend. of money right there. Over the weekend, um, PC gamers were getting refunds uh, for this game. Good. Good. Yep. Humble pie, Sony. Humble pie. Yep, it's so bad. <sighs> they should delist it from their store if it's on there. <laughs> yep. Uh, like, pull it 28th back and of March. It. 28th of March, Naughty Dog sent out a tweet. I don't. Even, you know what's so funny? Because I don't even know if it's a tweet or a release. I I say tweet because this isn't official media stuff, but it kind of is nowadays, right? All right. This tweet says this: the Naughty Dog from Naughty Dog, The Last of Us Part One PC players. We've heard your concerns, and our team is actively investigating multiple issues mm. you've reported. We will continue to update you, but our team is prioritizing updates and will address issues in an upcoming <laughs> patch. <laughs> Hope it Which patch did come out on okay, Friday? Uh, hotfix was released on March 29th, and a second one followed on March 30th. The newest hotfix mainly contains fixes to help improve performance and memory issues. There was a memory leak oh, on memory the game, leak. apparently. Yeah. Yep. Memory leaks, coding issues. <sighs> Sony. You should have. So, my question to you, Phil, is. Are consumers stupid? Are companies greedy? Or is it a combination of the two? Uh, and and I, anyone I watching, feel free to, 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 to I, I won't tell us say, what you think. I won't say the customers are stupid, but I will say companies are greedy. <laughs> that one, this is just profits before doing something right, in my opinion. This is, this is capitalizing on marketing. And a whole bunch of marketing people sitting down and convincing other people. It's good enough. Okay, just ship it. Just get it out. Just get it out the door. And we'll fix it later. And yep. as long as we accept that as consumers, where I do want consumers to smarten up, and I'm, I'm never going to directly point the finger at them, because I am one too, is yep. to just either bite back on the initial release of these things and wait for actual critical reviews or number two, you know, hold them accountable after the fact. Go after them. Make them uncomfortable with what they just did and, and make them fix it sooner than later. Like, I'm all about the environment uh, in terms of not abusing your 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 uh, development staff and coders and things like that. Like, nobody wants these people to have insufferable weeks of of overtime and whatnot but by god the company the companies have to be i wish there was more of a regulator or regulating 
oversight in the government or on the on the retail side where it's like no we're punishing you or we're rewarding the customer in this case and giving them a discount on their product and holding you accountable to a timeline that is manageable for a repair situation like you guys have to fix this it has to get better your product is crap and it's false advertising you leveraged the console to sell this stuff as a working product and it's nowhere near that capability it's it's garbage it's functional yeah. garbage i'm not a fan of red tape and everything but there needs to be some some help for consumers right yep. and, and and i agree with you i'm not gonna I, I don't like calling consumers stupid i just like you know for for, for dramatic effects yep. right uh for the sake of this show uh but i think that consumers really do need to to get their voice out there right show their displeasure uh the thing is you know how do you show displeasure the most with your wallet um yep. and, and and but I'll, most but, but, but way but gamers are gamers. We want stuff yesterday, right? Yeah. The thing that gets to me the most about this release, right? And it really does remind me a lot of Cyberpunk and CD Project Red. Project Red. And it's because Naughty Dog already delayed this game two months. And they said yeah. at the initial delay, they wanted to, and I quote, make sure that The Last of Us Part 1 PC debut is the best shape possible. Hey, we're going to go through it with the same thing with Starfield. I'll almost guarantee you at this point that when yeah. Starfield drops this year, later this year, we are going to be overwhelmed with crap, crappy bugs, buggy gameplay, buggy worlds, buggy uh, graphics. I don't know if it's going to be as bad as Cyberpunk was, but there's definitely going to be issues with this. And... Yeah, and it's just going to be like, well, then what were the delays? Look at Halo Infinite. That game released fairly, uh, you know, some parts were okay, but some parts were broken. You know, look how long it took them to fix the original Halo re-releases. They had a fully broken game, and they, you know, like the delays and the delays and the delays and the consumer promises, and we've got your money. Stick with it, people. We're going to deliver. We're going to do this. And I do feel bad for the developers in the sense that on the PC side, there are so many variations that could be influencing hardware, software issues, things like that. There are so many things that could be problematic in that environment, in that development cycle. But on consoles, there's no bloody excuse. None. Because you've got static hardware as long as the person's not using something that's cracked or has a homebrew thing on it or whatever, the game should work as intended because that's a stable platform that they can provide for and they should know all of the hardware variances in it. They should know the different chipsets and everything like that and test them and have test environments versus just going and releasing it into production. Cover yep. your shit. Like this is what we do for living for a living, Boris. It's, know. you know like oh my god people this is you know project management 101 a lot of the crashes and general performance issues apparently could be put down to shader building issues uh, apparently they're using more advanced and newer libraries iron galaxy and naughty dog um 
you know, they're using a very buggy version of the Oodle decompression library uh, that really focuses on shader building and performance. Uh, apparently, some Reddit users replaced the newer libraries with older libraries, and things seem to be working fairly well for them. So it looks hmm. like their fix is should be down the pipeline, right? Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm sure pretty, it's salvageable. You know, what sucks here is that The Last of Us came out after um, uh, Sony had some very good ports, right? Spider-Man Remaster, um, you know, uh, the Miles Morales game, God of War. All of these seem to be doing really well, right? Yeah. Uh, one port that didn't go well for them was Horizon Zero Dawn three years ago. Yeah, well, and and it, problems do come up. I will give them that. Like things can can be challenging in in that space. But the problem with this game, in particular, is that I do like personally. I know people who only game in the PC area. Like I'm the opposite. I only do consoles. But I feel bad for those people who only game in the PC got excited for this title because of the amount of hype train that was running due to the show. And then you finally get to the end of the season. You're like, oh man, I, I miss the show so much. But lucky me, the game is out this week. I, I get my Last of Us fix back. I get my prolonged experience. 40 hours or 50 hours of gameplay all this and it's just like oh shit now i gotta wait for this patch before i can even play it or go out and spend you know try and find one of these graphics cards dig up the money and actually find one that isn't being scalped <laughs> you know it, it's the same mess that we had to yeah. go through just for the stupid consoles with with how the marketplace yeah. is being so it looks like Sony is really doubling down on their PC uh, efforts, right? Because they want half of their games to yeah. be PC and mobile by 2025. Um, Redditors and and, 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 and and people who kind of dig deep into this and, and reverse engineer stuff, they've seen references to a PlayStation PC launcher. Uh, they saw this in the Spider-Man remaster game. Uh, so it looks like there might be like a direct port a better way of porting uh that piece that sony is working on but we'll see right um it just sucks because the last of us has had so much hype naughty dog has been on a such a great run for the most part right uh yep. and then they kind of hit the wall with this pc release right what sucks the most is that this june marks the 10-year anniversary of the last of us so hopefully they can get shit straightened out iron galaxy and naughty dog get your shit together Amen to that. Yep. So that's that, man. That that's that's kind of where we're at with uh with PC gaming. Nice. Still the same mess that I left it in a few years ago. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Exactly. Pretty, pretty much exactly Something's the never same changed. at this point. Yep. Uh pretty much at this point. Pretty much. But we'll see. But I don't know. For me, it's the consumer. The consumer, I'm not, I don't, how, how do we complain properly with our wallets, right? Yep. That, that's what it comes down to. Yep, just like any consumer movement. But anyhow, you know what? You want to send us a message about this and let us know how you feel about all of this 
video game garbage. You can find us on our website at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can find us anywhere where you find, you know, your your podcasts. We're going to be there. Uh, you can also track us down on Patreon with uh, forward slash patreon.com forward slash SNME radio. And we're now on YouTube. So if you could leave a subscribe, click the notification bell, leave a like, be greatly appreciated. And uh, just uh, tell your friends that uh, the It's Cam podcast show is a lot of fun. Thanks so much for spending your time with us. That is right. Thank you so much, Phil. Tyler, again, we'll figure out the connection issue. We'll get you back in the loop, and we're going to be coming at you next Monday once again here on the It's Canon Podcast. Again, thank you, whether you're listening to us on podcast form or watching us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. I just want to thank you so much. Uh, you're listening, you've been listening to the It's Canon Podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything, including PC gaming, console gaming, comic books, Star Wars, Lego, so much more, anything and everything. And Phil, do you know what the best part of it all is? Uh, someone had told me that it's all in canon. That's damn right. It's all in canon. He's Phil. He's Tyler somewhere. I'm Boris. Thank you so much. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>